episode 49. We, we're going to have a wild range of topics today and discuss in this episode of Matter of Opinion. But let me let me break this down, this, this man's fighting career for you. With a 17-3 and UFC record, fight 1-0 at for the PFC, 1-0 with the FFs, RFC, excuse me, middleweight division fighter, has competed in the Amazing Race Canada, as well as the Ultimate Fighter Nations, fought the names of Derek Brunson, Diego Santos, Brad Tavares, nickname The Spartan. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you for coming on, Mr. Elias Theodoro. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. So I'll, uh, we'll, we'll start it off with, I'm interested to know, did you watch the uh, 263 last night? And what, oh, were sure. your, what were your thoughts on it? Some great fights. Obviously, um, you know, one of the crowd favorites uh, in regards to Nick Diaz kind of let uh, a moment or two slip away. Uh, he could have won the fight. Um, but, uh, you know, Leon Edwards uh, showed why he's one of the best. Uh, in the division, and uh, it was a great fight all around. Uh, you know, showed hard of uh, both men. One when Leon got caught, and then obviously Nick Diaz throughout the whole fight, bleeding from every orifice of his body and face. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know the, the what's it called the the two belts. Uh, there were, there were um, you know a lot of uh, surprises in the capacity of obviously now new crowned one twenty five and uh, what's called uh, the UFC. Sorry, Mexico has their first UFC um, what's it called champ um mexican born champ to be specific and then uh obviously in the main event uh you know where, where i'm a little bit more um uh, you know intrigued in in the capacity of uh izzy versus uh martin uh you know kind of kind of happened what i expected in the capacity of you know there might be some opportunities where marvin could have um you know showed that he improved in regards to his wrestling because he was the first person to take him down um in the ufc and also Versus to beat him in a round, um, you know, he had his moments of brilliance, but, um, but, uh, uh, you know, the champ was able to stay the champ for a reason. Yeah. And then obviously Eric Anders, who you fought and you, oh, yeah. you, you beat, um, I'm inter- like the guys that you fought, do you kind of keep tabs on w- how they progress afterwards? No, definitely. Obviously there's an interest, obviously there's a, um, component in regards to the fact that like we share this moment uh, in the cage with each other and it's kind of like a you know a sorority no, I was going to say sorority uh, what's called fraternity um, and well for, sorority for the female fighters but a uh, fraternity uh, in the capacity of uh, you know another man stepping in the cage having those 15 20 or, or last minutes with each other it's such an intense component <sighs> I didn't mean to yawn but um, threw it in there um, but, uh, no, I think, uh, it's just, uh, you know, with Eric, he's had an interesting uh, career going from 185 to 205. This is a big dude. Um, you know, I think in many ways he's actually changed his style a lot, um, since when we last met up, um, obviously, uh, because of the fact of, uh, you know, the, the, the desire to evolve, the desire to, uh, win fights and, uh, be more, you know, a more involved, uh, athlete. Um, and he's trying to show that, um, it hasn't really necessarily come together, but he did get his hand raised, uh, and, you know, uh, unanimous, unanimous decision, uh, and for a reason. So to focus on yourself and just to paint a, a picture, um, a little bit of your background for those listening. So you were a student at Humber college out in Ontario, mm-hmm. close to 
our roots at Brock University. Boom. Um, and you decided to take up MMA classes before obviously pursuing it as a career. So kind of walk us through what led to that decision just to start taking those classes. And then was there some specific fighters that you were kind of looking at as inspirations to you to get into that career? Yeah, no, I think, um, I, I think my route to uh, mixed martial arts was uh, very uh, different. Obviously, again, like you mentioned, I, I was in Humber College, born for my degree in advertising, which I eventually uh, got. Um, and I was able to kind of essentially, you know, advertise the brand that is myself and kind of uh, create a, um, you know, a concept yeah, in addition to me being a fighter. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I started high school fight. I got in a, I got in a bunch of high school fights and um, uh, it all came down to. Um, you know, I didn't pick them necessarily. I didn't pick the fights, but sometimes, or most of the times I finished them. In fact, I was undefeated in high school and, uh, I picked an ill-fated fight, uh, after my first year of university at the old watering hole and it kind of went viral. And, um, you know, there was a deflating of, uh, one's ego when, uh, I basically remained undefeated in high school and my only loss went viral uh, on YouTube when I had no idea what YouTube was back in 2010 um and mortified i kind of confided in my father and he basically said hey you love that ufc stuff so much why don't you go to the the gym and make sure it never happens again and that's what i did originally i went to go you know learn something and find this guy but uh you know i was able to center myself and uh you know develop uh, myself into uh, an athlete um one that was you know a little more centered a little more focused and driven and uh made a career at it just ran with it and then from there, you fought with hard knocks, score fighting, mm -hmm. made your way into Bellator, and then found your way onto the Ultimate Fighter. What was your experience like on the show? Amazing. I won it. But uh, what's called, <laughs> no, in reality, um, in reality, uh, what's called, you know, uh, it was a, it's a once in a lifetime experience to essentially, you know, be trapped in a house with, uh, you know, 1,500 like minded knuckleheads trying to, you know, strive for our goals and our dreams and aspirations. And, uh, you know, with a little bit of hard work and uh, some luck, I was able to get my hand raised. Um, Canada kicked ass in general. Uh, we did essentially a clean sweep and uh, I had to fight uh, a buddy of mine in the finals. Um, and, you know, there was no animosity to him. Uh, mixed martial arts in many ways is a job, just like anything else. It's just unfortunate where sometimes you have to punch your uh, coworkers in the face. And I was successful at doing so. And I became the first Canadian to win the ultimate fighter. So that was an interesting one. Just looking at that and like, so could they not find coaches that matched the, the nationalities too for that season? No, they did. Uh, Kyle Noki is definitely from Australia. And then uh, Patrick Cote is um, from Quebec. Oh, sorry. I, I had the coaches mixed up there, but so you fight the finale in Canada get your mm -hmm. arm raised. Your name is amongst the likes of Forrest Griffin, Bisping, Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson, Robert Whitaker. What was that feeling like to just, first of all, to have that and then have it at home? Well, it's just surreal, right? Like it's, you know, the better part of five, six years now. And it still seems surreal that I get to do what I love. And I didn't, you know, especially with the UFC. Again, another one of these. But uh, what's it called? Uh, my apologies. Uh, it might have been a late evening last night, and I did end up running uh, still a hell of a, a lot of kilometers today. So my brain and my mind is kind of all over the place. But you have my undivided attention. That's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so point being, 
Um, point being, uh, again, surreal in the capacity of, um, you know, uh, being, you know, having my name, having my hand raised and my name associated with that, obviously getting the contract, uh, becoming a UFC fighter and kind of running with it. I, I had a great six year, uh, run with the UFC. Um, and then, uh, now no longer with the UFC, uh, a free agent, I get to uh, be an agent of change for medical cannabis, uh, in a very unique way, um, that I've been able to successfully compete, um, both as a patient and athlete, um, the way I'm supposed to with my medicine as prescribed by my doctor, uh, with medical cannabis. And that's what I did in BC and, uh, getting a therapeutic use exemption there, um, and competing March uh, 13th, where I took on another, uh, former, uh, mixed martial arts, sorry, former UFC fighter in the, in the middleweight division, uh, Matt Dwyer. And then before that, uh, another one, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Hernani Perpetuity, Perpetuita. I'm messing up that name, but either way, uh, both of them are really good, uh, fighters. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of showed why I'm one of the best still in the world, uh, dominating them both, uh, in a way that again, left no, uh, questions in regards to who was the, um, you know, who was the man that day. And that's something else I wanted to talk about the results of both those fights, obviously very dominating TKO wins for yourself. And I think when you were released from UFC, you were criticized a little bit for people thought you were a boring fighter. So with those results that you've shown, is that a conscious change that you've made to be more aggressive in other people's eyes? Um, yes. And then also just kind of going back to my roots and kind of going back to what I got into, you know, how I got onto the big stage in the first place, right? Like that was the kind of fighter that, you know, I was, heading into the ultimate fighter. And I kind of changed in the capacity of, uh, again, I, I found success at outsmarting people. Um, and then obviously with the Derek Brunson fight, you know, I didn't, um, I wasn't able to put it all together. Um, there were a lot of uh, moving parts that uh, were the reason of that or result of it, but no excuse. Uh, when every time you win or lose, you kind of go back to the drawing board. And that's what I did uh, since. And obviously another component is the fact that now able to medicate a subscriber to my, as my medicated, now able to medicate as prescribed by my doctor, um, that has allowed me to again not have to you know jump the the hurdles in order to um, you know go through the exhaustion process, oh an exhausting process of basically trying every other prescription drug under the sun and antidepressant because that's what they essentially tell you to do. Um, I have bilateral neuropathy; it's essentially nerve damage of the upper extremities. So um, as you can imagine, everything I do, punching, elbows, and everything in between, uh, compounds that. So um, you know, being told to take uh, antidepressants when you're not depressed, being told to take, um, you know, opioids while they, while the, um, the organization actually ironically or unironically or sadly, um, has a whole campaign saying don't do opioids or, you know, be aware of, uh, addiction of opioids while telling me, no, oh, you should probably try more opioids instead of, uh, what's it called cannabis, uh, which again, not by my uh, order, but my actual doctor's, uh, prescription. And, uh, again, also the many other doctors that I've had since, uh, kind of going through this whole process, uh, I've agreed that cannabis works better than me for me than first line medicines like SSRIs, antidepressants, and other forms of opioids and painkillers. Again, uh, I'm fighting not only for myself, but all other athletes to medicate as prescribed by other doctor, whether that's with cannabis or not. My, my whole, um, my whole issue is, I'm not telling other people not to do their medicine. I'm just saying 
can you please recognize mine? And then I've been successful now in British Columbia, where I validated it with a win uh, as well as both fighter and promoter, because I was co-promoted with um, uh, Rise fight, uh, Fighting the Stigma. And uh, now more recently in Colorado, uh, the first of its kind, uh, recognizing cannabis for what it is, a medicine, and um, was able to go through the process. And a little bit ironic because um, USADA is who I was, um, who I, I was, oh, I I what you my <laughs> Apple Watch just <laughs> took everything in. <laughs> but um, uh, point being, when I was uh, in the UFC applying for a therapeutic use exemption with uh, USADA, they're actually headquarters in Denver. And now five years later, um, Colorado uh, approved my therapeutic use exemption. And uh, even beyond, you know, the, the aspect of them recognizing it, because um, Colorado's commission is run by the actual state, this is an example of a uh, commission and the, pro- the, 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 the um, state recognizing cannabis for what it is, a medicine. So it's actually a statewide recognition of uh, cannabis, medical cannabis to be specific in uh, uh, combat sports, uh, both in MMA and boxing. And more broader uh, in general, as it creates precedent, not only for myself, but all other athletes. So do you think that your role in trying to bring cannabis into the lives of athletes and the active lives of athletes while competing was part of your release? I definitely think it didn't help. Um, I think there was a you know component of, um, you know, the criticism in regards to my style. Um, the, the pushing of, uh, you know, medical cannabis. And again, uh, being so vocal of the, um, stigma that, uh, USADA, um, had, uh, while I was there, uh, towards cannabis. Um, also the fact that again, I was partnered with a conflicting, um, conflicting cannabis, uh, brand, uh, that, uh, the UFC, uh, partnered with. Um, I actually was released the day after just a coincidence, I assume. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, also the aspect of, you know, I won so much, uh, and because the way the structure of my contract was, um, and they hired about five or six, uh, Canadian fighters that are all willing to punch themselves in the head or get punched in the head, um, punch other people in the head or get punched in the head for a lot less than, uh, my contract. So basically all five of those five or six new Canadian fighters basically, uh, were paid from my actual paycheck. So again, there's a lot of moving parts, but, um, I think, uh, through and through the UFC is a business and, uh, the, in many ways they're reactionary. So whether it's me being vocal about cannabis or uh, me, the fact that, you know, I had a bad night at work, or again, the fact that they just hired a whole bunch of fighters and I'm uh, at the age of 30 or whatever it is, where there are a lot of younger Canadian fighters that they just hired that are willing to fight for a lot less. I think there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I mean, I I was definitely very surprised when when I found out about the release. You were eight and three in the promotion, and your defeats came against elite competition. I mean, Santos went on to, I think, in a lot of people's eyes, beat John beat Jones, Jones in yeah, that for fight. Sure. Um, Brunson's fifth now, I I believe, after he beat Holland, and uh, I mean, Tavares is a is a very good competitor. Yep. And again, he's, he's been in there for quite some time, but he was around there around like six best in the world, give or take again, I'm, uh, I'm doing me. Um, I'm very happy where I am, uh, both, uh, you know, in the cage and out. And, um, 
really excited of, uh, you know, I, I, and the fact that I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones in the capacity of, you know, 2020, 2021, it, it's, it's been very, um, uh, the very good one for me. So, uh, again, kind of putting that all in respective perspective, uh, and relatively speaking, the fact that I'm, I'm still doing what I love and again, doing something to be beyond myself, uh, my actual event with uh, Rise, because of my partner, uh, Saba, um, and I, and also my, uh, uh, what's called council, we were able to put protocols that actually brought uh, combat sports back to Canada post-COVID. And now, uh, even beyond my event, other athletes, other uh, promotions are still throwing uh, events in um, BC uh, because of our hard work. And uh, especially when you look at the fact that, like, um, the commission here is looking like they're not going to do anything until 2022. Um, even Ontario promotions have had to, uh, go to, um, BC in order to, uh, keep, uh, competition. And again, that's a lot of that has to do with uh, my help. And so obviously you've already had success in BC with your therapeutic, therapeutic use exemption and Colorado. Do you have anywhere that your eyes are set on next? Uh, I applied for California. They denied it. Um, ironically enough, uh, by the same reasons that uh, Colorado approved it. So we we uh, have um, we have appealed, and we will be having an appeal case soon. And uh, again, I by my merits and by the um, you know the the protocols in regards to what my doctors and now what a another state uh, says in regards to their medical doctors. We're going to keep fighting because uh, that's what I, I plan to do. Fight the stigma of medical cannabis inside the Cajun out. And so until obviously the U.S. is a, a, a big problem with getting these overturned. Are you mostly looking at fighting at home in Canada? No, I'll likely fight in the U.S., um, whether it's Colorado, creating my own uh, promotion, uh, looking to see what uh California approves or doesn't approve. Uh, and then other organize other, like I'm still like the game plan is to get my, my therapeutic use exemption validated through a fight in the U S and then, uh, come 2022, then go back to a, a larger organization, uh, where everything kind of settles, uh, cause then at that point I'll, I'll be three, and know, um, all by finishes cause I'm obviously going to finish the next one and I'll be able to uh, talk to any other promotion with a, you know, um, a successful completion of my fight for medical cannabis in competition and setting precedent and, you know, helping move, uh, you know, uh, everyone on to the, the right side of history, the cannabis side of history, uh, and, you know, uh, kind of doing me. So that's what I'm kind of doing. I do have to say you have a incredible ability to, to fight at home in Canada. Um, especially, with the UFC, like for whatever reason, they, they don't come to Canada very often, even though it's a, it's a great fan base. You've managed to fight six out of 11 times at home in Canada. Um, what's the, is it, is it special? Do you feel that special, uh, pride when fighting in Canada? Oh, for sure. Whether I fight in Canada or, I, you know, I'm representing it every single time I, I step in the cage around the world. Um, you know, uh, I'm Canadian through and through, and, uh, it, it's an honor to represent, uh, the country and also, you know, for a, you know, metaphorically kind of raise the flag. Um, and you know, it, it's been a, a true pleasure in my career to do just that fight in Canada. 
and fight as a Canadian uh, worldwide. So this is, this was fun. I didn't realize this before, um, but you made an appearance on the amazing race Canada. And it's a show that for years I've watched with my family. Um, So what was that experience like jumping from the ultimate fighter and then the next year going on to, to another reality show? Yeah, it was again, surreal. Um, The whole process um the fact that i got on with uh my girlfriend at the time which uh, we were very very early in our to our relationship and you know there's a whole process kind of leading up to the the actual show itself on um, that we were able to get to really know each other and we're kind of in that honeymoon stage um and the uh, you know it, it, there's there's a lot more than they tend to show in the capacity of like even like there's certain challenges that just didn't make it on tv yada 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 so it was uh, quite a bit longer than uh what it showed but um, obviously we lost, uh, can't win them all. Uh, but I think the highlight of that would be the fact that that was at the time, I don't know if it's still the same, but, um, that appearance was the highest broadcast, uh, Canadian television, uh, premiere in uh, our nation's history outside of, um, uh, like some kind of like, you know, hockey or sporting event. So, um, even when I lose, I'm just still number one. Ah, I love it. <laughs> did you uh did you get to hang out with uh Montgomery at all? How yeah, how cool he's a man, that? he's a man. No, he's a great dude. Uh, I've seen him around at different like functions and stuff like that. Like um uh you know, like um we we we've both gone uh and done some stuff for the um you know the special olympics and and uh Tom Wright, who was the former president of the UFC, he's uh, very uh, invested in that in regards to uh, his vol- volunteer and just, uh, you know, just he's been a staple in the community for it. So um, I've gotten to see him uh, around a couple of times. And obviously now with the bond of uh, us being on the uh, the show together, um, you know, that it just doubled up every time, uh, you know, the excitement every time we see each other. Yeah, I, I just, I consider that like top, at, that guy top echelon of Canadian yeah, he's a athletes. Human being. And just, a human being. Uh, yeah. No, he, 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 uh, he, de- he definitely portrays himself as, as a great person overall. Jack, did you have, uh, yeah, I, I, our... I know you were interested on the, uh, on cannabis. Yeah. Elias, let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a shift here and let's discuss kind of your, your cannabis experience and, you know, and in, in your fighting lifestyle and fighting career. Um, you've been very vocal. I think that you're almost in, I guess you've kind of incorporated this into your, you're almost moving or your focus, but you're a pretty good speaker for the, um, the usage of cannabis in athletic training and athletic management. But, you know, tell me about that first time where you realized, wow, okay. Like, you know, like you said, the doctors were right in prescribing you for cannabis usage, but, you know, tell me that first time you're like, wow, okay, this could actually be really beneficial to my fighting career. Uh, not even necessarily fighting career, more in the aspect of, uh, just me as a, a patient, uh, obviously me as an athlete as well. Um, uh, originally my, my coach at the time, he was a medical cannabis patient and I saw what it did for him in regards to his own pain management needs. Um, obviously we have very different, um, you know, issues and conditions. Um, but <sighs> third time's a charm. Um, but basically, um, you know, in the, in the capacity of seeing another, uh, individual, someone that I, I respect, someone that, you know, uh, you know, my coach, uh, a friend and 
seeing, um, you know, the capacity of what cannabis does for them, but and also the negative components of what, you know, pharmaceutical drugs uh, had on them every time we went to different countries and they weren't able to use their medicine. So that was the, the compounded component. So when my, my condition, bilateral neuropathy came up, um, you know, that, that was something right away that I, I consulted with my doctor. And we're not talking about like some sketchy doctor. I, I, I you know, call up on a, you know, video linker and, and kind of talk yeah. to him on the tube. <laughs> uh, it's actually my family doctor, someone that's known me, you know, my whole life, essentially. I've known him since I was like two or three, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, that whole process was an interesting one, but it was, uh, you know, a long, uh, you know, a long winding road that uh, was worth it, obviously, now in the capacity that I've won my cases. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've gotten to fight the fight that I had. So hopefully no other athlete will have to do that moving forward. Yeah, you, you mentioned all these cases that you've won. So let's kind of take a step back in time, right? We saw a lot of change after you left the UFC. Do you feel that, you know, besides the obvious claim that the UFC was kind of holding holding you back in terms of uh, dramatic change within cannabis use, but do you feel that like the UFC really was the the only limiting factor from you spreading cannabis use, uh, like awareness? Uh, less the UFC and more USADA. USADA is the, the third party organization that they partner with. And obviously, um, you know, I think um, in many ways, it kind of was, I, I was a little bit too early of my time, if you will. Um, obviously, the the, the last uh, little bit of change in the last couple of years has definitely gone in the right direction and uh, glad to be a part of my ass. I could... <sighs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't normally meow, but when I do, it's <laughs> in a interview. Perfect, perfect timing. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm curious about this, too, because we, we've seen a stigma right around the, the use sure. of cannabis within within sports specifically. Sure. But with the change of like, a, a, you know, a political landscape in both the states and Canada, do you feel that like the ball starting to roll now because of the political change? Or do you feel like, you know, that's just kind of a bonus to how you've moved the the usage and therapeutic exemptions for cannabis? I think it's a it's kind of like a best of both worlds in the capacity of obviously I've done my part uh, and will continue to do so as I, uh, you know, fight the, the, the stigma of medical cannabis in, in competition and out. Um, but I think, um, you know, there's just so much, um, momentum, uh, you know, beyond me, uh, the different athletes, the different, you know, individuals that have been, you know, pushing and advocating for cannabis. And I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it in my part way, in my small, uh, way. And obviously, uh, you know, different organizations are starting to remove the, the restrictions of cannabis or testing all over all, all together. And my, uh, component of, um, you know, getting it recognized for what it is as a medicine is a very important component of that. And I, I look to continue doing that. So if you, if you had a, um, a younger fighter, of course, of legal age, and he or she is kind of on the fence about using cannabis for pain management, what would your first two, uh, you know, words of wisdom be? Um, talk to your doctor. Um, again, I'm not a professional. I just know what's right, right for me. Um, obviously, uh, you know, as with anything, um, just, uh, you know, being as educated as possible, uh, when using it, whether it's, um, you know, prescription drugs or, uh, you know, medical cannabis. And again, especially if you're looking towards it as a patient, I would definitely stress like a quote it. I'm talking to your doctor. 
God damn it. I don't know why I keep now it's like, now it's like on my mind and I can't stop doing it. No, it's, it's great. It's like, a, I think we're at a five for the yawn count. I think that's, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, damn. okay. Damn. All right. So, you know, I'm spitballing here, Elias, but I'm, I'm hearing your, um, you're obviously very good at uh, obviously presenting things in a legal formation for your therapeutic use to get accepted in, in what it be. But have you ever right. considered um, almost like creating an organizational movement and, you know, presenting to pro sports as to why cannabis should be used and legalized for their athletes usage? Um, I think medicine and very much is an individual thing. So uh, again, I'm, I can only kind of advocate my own um, experience with it and kind of advocate in the capacity of, uh, allowing it to be as an option. And that's what I'll, I'll kind of do. Um, I think there's definitely avenues though, to, you know, better, um, educate and advocate, uh, more, more generally speaking, uh, but always down to have a conversation always down to, uh, again, advocate for, um, uh, cannabis uh, as a medicine. And also again, to, to fight the stigmas that, uh, were previous, uh, whether it was in, different sporting events, uh, different uh, sporting organizations, or again, uh, governmental bodies. Uh, obviously, uh, the U.S. is still illegal, um, an illegal substance uh, federally, and that's kind of one of the uphill battles that I and many others are still fighting. Have you, uh, you know, received any messages from fellow fighters wanting to use cannabis, but are, you know, afraid to use it within the UFC or within their pro-fighting um organizations not necessarily afraid just uh you know kind of the aspect of how do you um kind of gauge the uh the top the window of time because with uh, most mixed martial arts it's especially because we're contract contract workers essentially right so um it's you only get tested kind of leading up to it um so uh but then other athletes in different sports have really reached out to me and um, really reached out to me and, uh, you know, asked, uh, again, uh, the gauging of the testing, uh, you know, process of therapeutic use exemptions and in their own right, because that's something that all athletes uh, kind of have the opportunity to do. But, um, you know, uh, not all of them get uh, the, uh, you know, the process or the, you know, successfully doing it. And we're now at six. <laughs> well i you know i'm i'm always interested in the ted talk so that was uh pretty awesome to hear what you had to say about that but let's um let's kind of jump into the fun questions that why and i like to do with our cool. guests so yeah just kind of you know why we'll start you off but whatever whatever we ask you got to think quickly and just come straight to the point okay. perfect perfect right. why you want to kick us off yeah so whatever comes to mind uh the best and worst walkout songs you've heard at events that's the worst. Um, heard some worse would be like Britney Spears, but I've also heard some like really cool ones like Rihanna, which you wouldn't think are necessarily the coolest until you realize that uh, Rory McDonald for like X amount of years didn't even pick out any of his songs. Um, his number, his phone number actually got um, like changed and the UFC kept on, uh, kept on, uh, you know, calling him and messaging him and they, the, the person with the new number would just give a random uh, a song. <laughs> so for like five, for like two to five years, like Roy McDonald's just walked out to random songs that he didn't pick. I heard about that and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I also, uh, I was at an event in Vancouver when Sam, Sam Alvey, who you fought, and he mm -hmm. walked out to uh, Soul Sister. 
And I thought that was yeah. that was pretty amusing. Yeah, he does that every single fight, essentially. All right. Um, now, if you could pick a fight against anybody, past or present, who would you want to throw down with? I don't know. I think going back to my uh, gladiator roots or Spartan roots, I'd like to fight like in a gladiator kind of thing. I have nothing going for <laughs> specific, but, uh, you know, in front of a crowd like that. Fair enough. I, I can respect that. Um, all right. Everybody's had a quarantine binge show. What's uh, What's been the go-to for you? Um, my wasn't necessarily a show, but the news in general. I think um, uh, over the last little bit, in many ways, I kind of was, um, I had a bet that uh, with a buddy that I couldn't see, for instance, uh, Donald Trump making it a whole, um, whole term. Uh, although it was close, he definitely did. So I owe someone a party, a buddy of mine. So that's kind of what I was watching. Uh, different types of like news uh, and uh, essentially kind of like even predated uh, COVID and quarantine and stuff like that. Like um, I kind of rewatched uh, Arrested Development. Um, I, I watched, uh, what's that one with, um, shoot, what's the one? I definitely watched it. Uh, they have like two seasons. Um, it's on, I can't remember what it is. It's Dustin Hoffman in one of, one of them. It's basically like the, the first, like one of the largest uh, bankers in the middle ages. Um, the McGinnities, I can't remember them off the top of my head. I'm having a brain fart. It could be the, another yawn coming, but um, no, there's another one where basically it's just all about like uh, Renaissance uh, style uh, components. It's going to come in a second, but uh, yeah, there two or three. Right, and uh, last one before I hand it off to Jack and we wrap it up here. Your current favorite fighter to watch? Current favorite fighter to watch? Hmm. Again, I don't necessarily if the I don't know if I have a necessarily a favorite one right now. Um, I just love the destruction that is uh, Francis Nagano. So I just <laughs> I love uh, seeing if anyone's actually going to survive. Um, and obviously, no one really has. No, that's, I like that. I like that. Um, have you picked up any new hobbies since COVID has happened? Hmm. I don't know if I picked a hobby. Uh, the game plan is actually uh, to, uh, to relearn um, the piano. So that's what kind of what I'm going to be working on uh, in the next little bit. Impressive. Impressive. You can make your own walkout song. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Maybe just like some synthesizers, yeah, or whatever, like some actual like music. But I don't think I'm going to be singing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Maybe just yawning the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just really mentally getting to the opponent. Um, well, actually, like um, there, there's some there's some uh, you know concepts that um, the whole concept of uh, yawning was actually silent war cries um, amongst uh people in battle uh you know many many thousands uh, of years and that's like a, a biological component that still kind of remains with us so that's how you like pump yourself up uh, to get a second wind ah, i like it i like and, it i never knew that and why yawns are contagious wow more you know right more you know lies well half the battle <laughs> Well, thank you, my man, for coming on for another great episode of Matter of Opinion. Um, I think you got to sign us out with a nice just moo call just to end it off. Moo? 
there you go <laughs> happy monday right. thank thank you Elias, for doing that my pleasure and episode 49 in the books i hopefully you know i'm kind of a little sad that i'm not episode 69 but i'll take it <laughs> i thought you were gonna be back for 420 yeah that's what i was gonna say 420 is the one we need to get it on <laughs> all right, right thanks thanks a lot Elias. my pleasure